When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, we got to talk about Herdat Media, our network. I feel like we are adding new shows on daily. We got a couple really good ones. And if you like Hollywood Raw, I think you might like some of these other ones. So, Adam, tell them what else we got on the network. Yeah, we got X Appeal with Jen Lommers, the host of Extra, and Julian Marlin. They used to hook up, but now they're friends. Interesting, weird dynamic, but they make it work, and they're hosting a show together. It's great. Offer Chops, hosted by Australian professional wrestlers and best friends Cassie Lee and Jesse McKay. And if you want something a little different, we got the Giles Files with Nancy Giles. She's an award-winning contributor to the CBS News Sunday Morning. And listen, if you want to find something completely different, check out my other show, Pod Sauce. I host with Alicia Renee. It is a podcast discovery show, so we're just literally recommending great podcasts out there. And you know what? There's so many more huge shows that are joining Herdat Media. They've got national audience, household names, receiving hundreds of thousands of weekly downloads. Everyone seems to be joining us. We're kind of the new cool place to go. Yeah, Herdat Media Network has to be one of the fastest growing networks in terms of audience growth in 2021. Go to herdatmedia.com. That's herdat, H-U-R-R-D-A-T, media.com to check out our network, or you can click the link in the show notes to find out more. Now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. It's Tony Robbins. Hey, guys. I'm Audrina Patrick. Hey, this is Adam Carolla. You're on the Hollywood Raw podcast. You're watching Hollywood Raw. You're listening to and watching Hollywood Raw. This is the Hollywood Raw podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. The podcast humanizing Hollywood. From celebrities to media moguls, even paparazzi and bodyguards have come to break news, break their silence, or just have a great conversation on Hollywood Raw. If they're on Hollywood Raw, there's a reason. From page six to TMZ, Daily Mail, and People Magazine, everyone is talking about the Hollywood Raw podcast with Dax Holt and Adam Glynn. Dax, tell us about our guest today. Yeah, so we got Anna David, and I don't know like if that name rings a bell for people, but the book she wrote might ring a bell. It's called Party Girl, and Party Girl was huge. So like back in like 2007, this book came out, and it was right in like the craze of Britney and Lindsay and Paris and all of that, and this book was just getting so much buzz. They were talking about making it into a movie, but it was all about kind of around her life and partying and being, being around and celebrities and, and nightlife and yeah. kind of stuff. And so now she's going to be re-releasing it because it kind of like fell off there for a little bit. Yeah. Like the, the rights were bouncing around. Um, but I'm curious to talk to her because she has been in the media industry for so long. She's been a journalist. She's worked at almost like every magazine, website out there, people and all kinds of places. And she's gone to the party. She's gone to the Oscar. She's gone to the Emmy. She's gone to all of them. And so I'm just like, Give me your story. Yeah, I want to hear about her experiences. I want to hear your experiences because I know my experience working on like yeah, yeah. red carpets and crap. But like, what is your experience? And I know she's had run-ins with like huge celebs, dated big celebs. So I don't know. Anyway, uh, welcome to the podcast, Anna. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. No, I'm so excited to talk to you. I think so. Here's the thing about our podcast: we love talking to people that are on like the inner inner world of entertainment news and have experienced real, you know, parties and 
and things that most people can't relate to or talk about. And we like to just push down that fourth wall and like, just be real. And so that's the reason I really wanted you on here to be like, tell us about some of these parties. Cause uh, you know, if you don't know the name, Anna David, she is behind party girl. And this is a really well-known book. And I, as long as I, I've heard it, like it was like what, back in 2007 when it was released. Is that, about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I remember there being stories that came out that this was going to be made into a movie. People were freaking out about it. Everyone wanted these stories. And so when I saw your name come up, I'm like, oh, I want to have her on the podcast because I think this could oh, be yeah. an interesting chat about your life, the parties that you've been to, the, the, the world that you lived in. And uh, that's what I'm excited As to talk about. As a celebrity journalist. Yeah. yeah. It's- and, and the boring world I inhabit today. <laughs> <laughs> No, listen, uh, listen. I am I am a post entertainment news guru, and it's a lot nicer on this side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it is. It's crazy. Like it's when you're in entertainment entertainment news and just news, you're it's you're constantly going. It never ends, mm-hmm. and it's that's the exhausting part. There's not. It doesn't end at five o'clock. There's constantly shit going down. I remember when in New York, when Lindsay Lohan would come to New York. Uh, I would always fucking lose sleep at night because you knew something was going to happen when Lindsay Lohan was in New York. And if you, you know, missed it, you're in huge, trouble. huge trouble. And I remember one night I went out and I was like, fuck, I guarantee Lindsay Lohan's in New York. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. And sure enough, I think she got arrested that night. And I was like, I knew it. Like there's always shit going on, especially, you know, at times when – um. Uh, what's her name? Uh, the uh, the Nickelodeon star, um, Amanda Bynes. Oh, yeah. Amanda Bynes oh, was yeah. going crazy. Like that was the worst thing for me. When sh- I hated when shit like that happened in New York, where there were people in New York because you knew something was going on. And luckily, it's calmed down in the last few years. You don't really have those type of issues anymore, at least in New York. But so let's yeah, so tell us your, your story. Yeah, yeah, where did you start? Where Inter- were you working? Introduce us, people. Introduce our fans to your backstory. Okay, but then I want to go back to the crazy ladies and oh, how we that will affected get all of our So I got into this a long time ago in the 90s uh, when entertainment journalism was so different. There was no TMZ. There was no, um, there was no real entertainment online. It was called celebrity journalism. I worked at People Magazine as what they called a full-time freelancer, which is an oxymoron, but it was like <laughs> a way that they could get away with paying. You know, you get paid so much more as a freelancer anyway. I was like, this is awesome. And I was so clueless and like had such big like stars in my eyes. I don't know if you guys look back and go, oh, God. Oh, God, I was so naive. But, um, you know, I think what happened with me, you know, it's like I grew up in Marin County. There was nothing Hollywood about it. I went to college in Connecticut. And then my college boyfriend ended up becoming this huge movie star, Matt Damon. And I think that I just watched and I was like, wait what? And it kind of screwed me up. I had this bizarre, like, why didn't they take me with them? I'm not an actress. I was just like, how did Bennett and Matt, like what? And I, and I started working at people and I was fired. I've been fired from every job I've 
actually ever had, which is really <laughs> wonderful that I'm a great entrepreneur because I am far better at employing people than I am at being employed. But, but I, but I worked at people and I, and I basically would just go to premieres and stay, you know, stand on the press line. And the weirdest thing about being an entertainment journalist back then is one night I'd be covering for people another night for premiere. Sometimes I'd be calling on behalf of Vanity Fair because I became a freelancer and you were treated so differently depending on the outlet. Literally people oh. would hang up, hang up on me. And then I would call back from another outlet and they, they'd, you know, want to take me to dinner. It's so gross. It's that, so what, gross. What you just said right there was so pure Hollywood. I can't even explain it. Like for people that don't know anything about red carpets or anything like, when you get to a red carpet, there's literally spots for the bigger entertainment. Charlotte, so you yeah. have like E.T. at the very front and then you have uh, Access Hollywood and then, you know, and it goes down the line. And the further down the line you get, the less important you are. So you know that you are not an important outlet if you are at the very end. And when you're a celebrity, you know not to stop at the end because it's a waste of your time. So when you're small and you're trying to get into the industry, you're just sitting out there like begging for people to come over to you and they don't. It's, it's wild. It's like a hierarchy that no one really knows about. But don't you remember who was kind to you and who was an oh, yeah. asshole? A hundred percent. Oh, I just remember, um, I will say, I remember, so when I, so I worked at People Fired, worked at us, no, then I went to Premiere where again, I was like treated so well. And that was the irony. So I, so I was this crazy party girl. I ended up going to rehab, got sober in 2000, immediately hired at Premier Magazine to do this column called Party Girl. And I thought that was hilarious. Here I am, newly sober, totally boring. I hang out with my cats and other sober people drinking coffee. And I've got this like glam title. And, and they sent me, you know, to the Oscars. And so I was sent as a real guest to things like the Oscars and the Emmys and the Golden Globes. And um, was there, and, was there ever a moment that you were like, I can't believe I'm getting paid to go to the Oscars, which people would pay money to be there and uh, you're getting a paycheck yes, for it. But I had the most miserable night ever. So first of all, I didn't get a plus one, whatever. I'm not bitching about that. <laughs> I literally was in the last seat. So I couldn't even see the screen that was there to show the people who couldn't see anything. And have you ever, have you guys ever covered Oscars? Or uh, one of those big, big shows like that. Emmys, but not Emmys, yeah. Okay, it is. Here's why it's so stressful. You, it's over. You can't track who was nominated and who was lost. Who has lost? So, you're. I, I was just like in, in this brain thing, like, oh my god, and I was so nervous. And so the first person I saw was, do you know, Juliette Binoche. You don't even know who she is. This woman made me sob. She basically is standing there and I knew she had been nominated, but I, I was like, did she win? Did she lose? What just happened? And it was a movie called Chocolat. And I said, no, I, remember. I remember I was so nervous and I was like, uh, how did you get ready for tonight? And she goes, what? And she goes, who are you? And I said, I'm from Premier Magazine. And she said, I don't believe you. And I said, how did you get ready for tonight? And she goes, I did the Alexander technique. And she says it in this strong French accent. And I had never heard of the Alexander technique. Forgive me. And I just go, what? And she goes, do you know what a dictionary is? Go look it up. And I burst into tears. Yikes. And I'm a highly sensitive person. So <laughs> that was... It got better from there, but it's not like I was having the glamorous experience at all. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think award shows in general are very awkward because, again, when you're doing red carpet, I've only done a couple of red carpets in my life because I went from TMZ doing red carpets to immediately being like, why are we doing red carpets? This is pointless for us because this is not our, our bread and butter. But I remember you have like 30 seconds to come up with this amazing question. And most of the time, the celebs don't want to talk about that. They want to promote something. But you have to ask them about something salacious going on in the news. But then their, pres- their publicist tells, tells, uh, says right before it, don't ask them about this. It's just an awkward, so uncomfortable. hard thing. I hated red carpets. Yeah, they're not fun. They're so uncomfortable. So fake. And it's perfor- it's not even a good interview because they're performing. Everyone's performing. It's just people walk in the background. There's the publicist wants to be in the shot too. I've had – you know, the from the – from the red carpet interviews I've done, I've had publicists like stand in the background purposely do it because they want to be seen with the celebrity. You know, it, mm, that, the most frustrating thing. Who was some of the people that went out of the way to be very, very nice to you that you always remember like, hey, they were good people on the red carpet? Uh, and so, by the way, that Juliet Binoche thing wasn't carpet. That was inside the governor's ball. So it's a different thing to be abusive mm-hmm. inside the venue. They're all, a lot of them are abusive on the carpet. But you know what? When I was doing red carpet, you know who I remember just being so kind? Ted Danson and Mary Steenbergen. So uh-huh. kind. And then unsurprisingly, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. Um, I remember, I think it was the Golden Globes. I was in, in like, you know, walking through one of the hallways and he asked me to take their picture with his camera. It was pre, uh, you know, iPhones. It was there were just, he had a camera, ask me, you know, like he's that cool. You know who was, who I thought was just a rude jerk was Tom Brokaw. Really? He was such an ass. The day I, I saw him at like, it was an autism speaks event. Like clearly everyone's there like trying to like raise money. And I remember trying to interview him and he was just such a dick. And I'm like, why are you being rude to me? Like, yeah, I, you're on the red carpet. Like you clearly stopped to talk. Why yeah. are you being rude? So that was one person that stuck out in my mind that was being rude as a good person. Jillian Barbary. Oh, it's she fun, was awesome. Great. Yeah. Pink was great to me. Really? Yeah. Which is surprising. Yeah. And I'm a big pink yeah, fan. Yeah. And Dennis Rodman was actually really good to me. Okay. How about you? Uh, I would say I'll get, I was at from the red carpets I've done. I've done a bunch, but I remember from, I've done so many to be honest with you, but I remember one of the later ones when they did the Shaft movie. I think it was like a Shaft movie, the premiere. And Samuel Jackson got there late, but he made sure to stop and do one question with everyone down the whole entire carpet, That's even to cool. the lesser people. And like the no, all, everyone was pretty much getting ready for the movie, but he made sure to like at least get one question in with every single person on the red carpet. And I was like, you know what? That was just a nice little gesture. Mm-hmm. Um, was it the best question? Was it a great thing? No, but. At least the that he went to do went out of his way to do something like that was actually very very nice. Who was all the people on the red carpet that was um, that you noticed was very w- w- actually? Let me ask you this: on the red carpet, did you think it was the publicist being dicks to like the lesser outlets, or wouldn't want to bring them all the way down, or was it the celebrity themselves? Everybody, everybody. I mean, I think it was the most. Well, so first of all, backtrack. Um, I have a picture of me with Dennis Rodman using my head as kind of like a basketball, it looks like, because one of our clients is his agent. Um, And then Jillian Barbary reached out to me about doing her book. I have a publishing company where we publish books for thought leaders, and she's cool. She's really, really great. I love Jillian. We've had her on the show before. We had her right after she got 
her cancer, cancer like, yeah yeah and she had uh, her double mastectomy and she we were like her first interview after having all of that done she was amazing she's such a good friend of ours um but yeah she's her, the best she was really so good. you're working for these outlets right and what would yeah what did, they, what did they want you to do like besides go on the red card what was your job entail what did what were they looking for exactly are they looking for just tell me about the character like there's got to be more there that they want you to really sort of do well, people working for people is an absolute nightmare on every level because they first of all, when I worked there in the 90s, they really thought it was like elite journalism and had this attitude that they were the best reported magazine ever. And they would do things, you know, back then, a lot of people could get away with lying about their age. You can't anymore. But if somebody would say their age, we would then check it with the DMV. And if they were lying, they would think we were going to print like 32 and we're actually printing 45 or whatever. But they were, no matter what carpet you went to and came back, they'd be like, you forgot to ask this and you forgot to ask that. But I, the, the one that sticks out, well, the other thing about that is that you'd, I'd be shoved there, you know, when I was at People, I'd be shoved there with Us Weekly and Who or whatever, and they'd only answer once. You'd all get the same quote. You'd all kind of shove your tape recorder there and get the same quote. But I, for some reason, what sticks out in my mind is when I was at Premiere, we were putting together an issue on like mothers and daughters, and it was a Julia Roberts movie. And I went to, and they, and my boss basically said, you got to get a quote, you know, no problem. You just go to her premiere tonight and get this quote. And, and I remember, I forget what the question was, but I sort of shouted out, I got her attention and I shouted out like, what do you and your mom like to do together or something stupid? And she looked at me and said, why would you ask me that question? And she had to know like this. I'm just like a poor girl trying to get a quote. She took the time. She's always touting about how much she loves her mom. Just give me a quote. And then I have to go back and have failed because, yep. you know, so you really, I, I, I get that we, we can all be caught at bad times. And I'm sure plenty of celebrities have come off like assholes when they were just having a bad day. But I think, I think they really forget that like we're all people, you know, who was so cool. Here's, this is actually a super funny story. So when I worked at premiere, um, I did a story on Naomi Watts, her very first, it was Mulholland drive. She was just like breaking out and she was so cool. But I, when you do stories like that, you sort of get used to thinking you're becoming best friends with one of the celebrities. And then you realize later you were just the person that pressed play and record and that that's all they understood. So, mm -hmm. so that happens with Naomi Watts. Then I get assigned the cover story for Cosmo on Kate Hudson for the movie, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. And they, they send me to Goldie Hawn's house. That's where she's, you know, I, I, I wait there for her. I end up like talking to her brother forever. We have the most intense. She bakes me a pie. They, I remember the show 24 was really big. Then she's like, watch 24 with us after. So I leave and think we are best friends. And I remember my friends who worked at people saying to me before, she's going to charm the hell out of you. And I was like, oh, whatever. I can see through that. Anyway, I leave. I think we might be best friends. The story <laughs> runs. Then at that time, I was like dating this Hollywood guy and I was going as a real invited guest to a lot of stuff. And I was at this event standing there and I see um, Kate Hudson walk in and she goes, best friend, hey. of course. 
Yeah. And she goes, it's you. And I see her put her arms out and I'm like, oh, my best friend, we're being reunited. And I realize she's rushing over to Naomi Watts, who is standing to my right. And I was the person who pressed play and record. Um, and then and then I remember, like, ironically, then doing a junket for this movie, Le Divorce, that they were in together and sitting there. And, and, and then Naomi Watts comes up to me and she's like, why are you not saying hi? So it was always very confusing who would actually know you were a person and who wouldn't. Yeah, uh, I, th I think that when they realize that you're a real person, and I, I think it's the stars that will actually say hi, like you're saying, acknowledge you, remember you from a previous interview. Those are the ones that are actually super successful. I think like George Clooney, he is someone that will remember interviewers by their name, say hi to them, acknowledge them. And I think it's actually taken them to a whole nother level. So take me back to your book and Party Girl and how that came about. Because that I, that I think has made such an impact in entertainment news back in 2007 that I'm curious how you got to that point of writing the book. Well, so, so as I said, I got sober I got this job at Premiere. I did this column called Party Girl. And then I was fired from Premiere, but that one wasn't my fault. They discontinued mm -hmm. the column. That was like really the only time it wasn't my fault, but it wasn't. And and what had happened is I had a friend, and she actually is on E! now. She was a friend I worked for, Mel Bromley. I don't know if you know her, yeah, but like yeah, she- so Mel and I knew each other from Us Weekly. She used to live in London. I went to London and I was staying with her and we were talking about, oh, I've always wanted to write a novel. No, I've always wanted to write a novel. And she said, well, why don't we do a thing where we each write 500 words of our novels and we send it to each other every Sunday. We're not going to read each other's writing, but we're just going to be accountable. And I live in LA. We're like, you say like, I'll oh, see you tomorrow. And you don't show up. And you know, it's, I'm so conditioned to live in such a flaky place that I didn't really think she was serious. And so the following Sunday, she sends me the first 500 words of her book. And I was like, Oh my God, she was serious. I better write something. So I write something. I'm like, Whew, that's done. Next week I get her next 500 words. And I go, oh, my God, she was that serious. And so those ended up being the first thousand words of Party Girl. I started writing it. I didn't really know how to write a book. At that point, I'd written for all the magazines. You know, I'd written for details in Cosmo and Playboy and all the things. And um, and I just kept going. And then I, I got very lucky. I, an agent who had been a fan of my I had a sex column at the time for a magazine called Razor. She was a fan of that column. She reached out to me. She sold the book. Harper Collins, like within a few days of signing me, dream scenario that paid me good money. It was all really great. And then Judith Regan was fired in this huge scandal. And the book that that was supposed to be this big deal, it got a ton of press. There was a huge bidding war over the movie rights. But that was 2007. There were no, there was no publishing company to get into bookstores, so it, the, the sales didn't perform as expected. But like the buzz was really good. Mm -hmm. So I have reacquired the rights, and I am re-releasing it. I don't know when you guys are releasing this, but September 15th of 2021, I am re-releasing it under my own imprint. And now the movie it's been optioned over and over and over again. Melanie Griffith had the rights at one point. Um, the producers of The Irishman had the, the rights. And now I am working with um, he, it's somebody who has won an Oscar, I'm not allowed to say, uh, but we are so, so close. But you know how Hollywood works. Like I could, it, 
it could never happen. I could, you know, it could become a huge movie that shoots next week. You just never know. Okay, but give give people a like description of what the book is about. If they've never heard of it, if if they weren't they weren't a part of the buzz back in two thousand seven, how would you describe the book? It's a novel, and it's about a wild and crazy girl who gets a job documenting her wild and crazy life right when she gets sober. So she has to create a persona based on who she used to be. And so she has to act like she's this crazy party girl when actually she's sober. And it's sort of what happens when the conflict between trying to pretend you're something you're not meets up with what you really want. So, and the script, so I wrote the screenplay and now it's been completely modernized and now she's a podcaster. Um, <laughs> but the it. book is very nineties, which I, which I love. So it's, this is your life. Would you say? It, it, it was very much based on my life. They call it a Romana clay when it's a novel that's very autobiographical. And I think most, most novelists, their first books tend to be quite autobiographical and you're supposed to be very coy about it. And, and when I was promoting the book, they're like, is this you? I'm like, yeah, it's me. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to say that, but, but yeah, there's a lot is, has changed, but almost every scene is taken from my own life. Yes. Now are celebrity names altered for the book or are they? Yes. Because like, for example, does Matt Damon make an appearance in the book because you mentioned him before and you growing up with him, does he make a mention? He does not because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't in that slice of life, but I will tell you some there. Okay. So here's one that does, it's not a name you care about anymore, but it's a kind of good story. Um, Seal. Remember him? I don't care about that's a huge name. He's still, he's still famous at the end of the day. Let's hear it. Okay. So when I worked at People, I was assigned um, a profile on him. And I and the thing with People is they were obsessed with getting the celebrity that you interviewed them in their home. Like, nobody cares. But they did. And he wouldn't agree to that. So I, get, I go to this hotel. It was the, what is that one? It's on um, Burton Way. Um, I can't remember. Beverly Hilton? Beverly Hilton. Beverly Hilton. It's anyway, so I go there and he's got this manager with him and he's immediately super flirtatious. This is before he was married to Heidi Klum. He's just like, darling, blah, blah. why don't you come into the bedroom and, and interview me? And like, nobody would get away with this shit anymore. This was, you know, back then. I didn't care. I was super flattered. And then he, I'm doing this interview with him and he's like, you know, we should finish this interview at my house. Don't tell my manager, but why don't you come over tomorrow? And I was like, it's kind of naive, just going like, great, look at me. I scored the home interview. And so the next, he gives me his address, calls me the next day, I go over there. And I realize immediately that I'm the most naive person in the world, that he has no intention of doing this interview. And I have no intention of sleeping with him. That was just, I was like, no. And so basically we both realize that we're, we want different things and uh, it's sort of awkward and I, and I leave. And then the next day, my editor at people says, Oh, so we've just turned out that, that seal has a girlfriend. Did you ask him about that? And I was like, uh, no. And they go, we well now we're, we're, you gotta go find, you gotta find out about that. And so I'm like, Oh Jesus Christ. So I text him. I have to ask him about that. Don't hear back. 
So I call the manager, the mean manager. And she goes, oh, I'll find out and call you back. And then she calls me and she goes, Seal told me you went to his house. Like as if I had bought a star map and showed up there. It's like, yeah, I went there because he invited me. And she's like, we are not answering any more of your questions. So anyway, I did put that in. I, I fictionalized that and put it in the book because it was it was too ridiculous not to. How many um, situations have you been in like that where there's just a huge celeb that uses their power, their fame to like seduce you, even though you're you're interviewing, you're doing something, you're doing your job. Or to or be fair, what? Or just when you're out partying, anyway. I mean, to be fair, I was up for the seduction if I was into it. You know, <laughs> I wasn't up for it with Seal, but like. Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you, like, I really have, I, I am so grateful that the Hollywood disease has left me because I felt like so many people come to Hollywood to sort of, you know, be the chosen one. And I felt like I came to be the chosen one's chosen one. I was, and it was really just came down to insecurity. I just felt like, well, wow, if so-and-so picks me, then that means I'm really valuable and really worthwhile. And so I, you know, like I'm, I made out with a lot of them and uh, not been in relationships with any of them, except Matt back before he was famous. Who was the best kisser? That's a, oh, oh, there is, yeah. I, this one, he, I, I would just feel so cheesy. I would feel, cause this is a, I'll tell you when we're not recording. This is like a real good, good one. The best. So it was, it was, it was inhumane. Actor? Actor, yeah. A-list? I'll tell you after. Yeah. This is fun. It's a guessing game. Yeah, yeah. Can we just play a guessing game and see if we guess the person? Uh, was Have they ever been in a movie? Are okay, they- no, no, no. Because, okay, I'll tell you just one more thing about that. So he ended up kind of blowing me off. We went out, we went out a couple times. Where, where'd you meet, by the way? Um, at, at a coffee shop. Mutual friends. Mutual friends. So it was like a blind date or? No, it was, I, I saw someone I knew at a coffee shop and m- this person was with him. Oh, gotcha. And then they what, said. They movie, like what movies were they in together? They, no, who, they weren't in anything together. Okay. You're not going to get this out of me. I'm too good at this. Uh, we're trying, we're trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, okay. Yeah, nice attempt to trick, but here's, here's one thing. So I was very like broken hearted that this person didn't like want me to be his girlfriend or whatever I never slept with him by the way and then I was at a party and this manager I knew came up to me and was like hey blah 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 and I immediately knew he thought I was that that celebrity's wife because I look enough like her that people had said that okay so that's a that's a hint um Mm -hmm. and it felt so tragic I was like no I'm the girl he blew off (laughs) <laughs> when you went you know obviously at that time you're going out a lot who was the most fun celebrity at parties you know again this was the 90s you know who is a big fixture name you'd never hear anymore steven dorf okay. oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah he's kind of known sure. for that he got around right he was everywhere he was and so um, I don't, you know, for people seeing me, you know, what was so cool about him? Why was he everywhere? What was his deal? But he like grew up in LA. So he like knew everyone, right? Like that was he, his thing. He, he knew everyone in Hollywood. 
he was super handsome and he I think he had like a very promising career. It just didn't pan out. I mean, he was an actor who was in things. I don't remember what, but he and he wasn't a bad actor at all. So he was around. Oh, like people like Stephen Baldwin was always around. Um, um, I'm trying to think. Then later, so because I had two incarnations because I worked at People in 96, 97, and then I worked at Premiere in 2000, 2001. And so then it was different names. Then, oh, you know, back in the day, you know who used to hang out? Ben Stiller and Stephen Dorff used to hang out all the time. What a duo. Yeah. Did you ever ever party with DiCaprio? No. Because I no. feel like someone that like goes out and parties, but you don't ever see that side because he's so reclusive. So I'm just curious what he's like inside the club. No, I once did see the Pussy Posse at a party. I was like, oh, yeah. that's like whatever, Lucas Haas and whoever they are. Yeah. Uh, but no, no. I was once invited to like a, what was it? It was like a private poker thing that Amanda Demi did and he was there yeah. playing poker, but. Have you ever seen a celebrity so drunk they're puking? I know it sounds so stupid, but I don't know. Like, they're just black. Um, not puking, but I will tell you that when I, I got to go to the Vanity Fair Oscar party uh, when I worked at Premiere. And, and the way they handle that is they let you in for like 20-minute increments. And, um, okay, yeah, this is a good fun little story I can tell you. Um I had uh, recently met Owen Wilson and was like hanging out with him a little bit. And so I go to this, to the Vanity Fair thing and I'm there and I feel bad saying who was so, she was so drunk and she was so nice because she was so drunk. I was basically hanging out with this other, I think a girl who worked at People. We sort of each had our 20 minute allotment that we were like allowed to wander through the Vanity Fair party and no one's giving us the time of day. And then this one person, Ellen Barkin, she was drunk and she was so nice. And we were just so happy somebody was being nice to us. And so, and so then you know, my, my Cinderella's clock is ticking. Right. And, um, and Owen sees me and he comes up, he's like, Hey, I don't even think he like literally barely knew my name, but he knew me. And he was like, Hey, come with me. And he's holding my hand. And right then this guy who works for Vanity Fair comes up and he's like, uh, Miss David, your time is up. And I've literally got Owen Wilson holding my hand, trying to drag me in. And that Vanity Fair guy could not have cared less. He was like, you're out and they literally just drag you out when your 20 minutes are up that's pretty fun party though they give you like a little band or something like are they just watching you the whole 20 minutes they are that good at the job that there was no band i of course you think i'm gonna get in here and they're gonna like lose track of me it's a huge party they do not lose track of you that is so crazy who have you ever seen uh when you were out partying did you ever see a celebrity get into a fist fight I had, I don't think I saw any, but I wrote Tom Sizemore's book. That was, uh, you know who that guy is? Yeah, oh, sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I worked with him. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, that was a New York Times bestselling book by some miracle. I made it out of there. So I had to work with him for like a year. And so, although I never witnessed any of his fist fights, I sure heard about them a lot. And I witnessed that sort of behavior constantly. 
did you ever run into like I'm th- trying to think of that time frame of when you were really in that party scene. Did you like that was like when Friends was big. Did you ever run into like any of the Friends cast? Did they ever go out and party like they were just on top of the world? So I got to imagine that they were the cream of the crop at that point. Um, you know, not then. I I, I got to know Matthew in recovery. We got sober oh. around the same time. But no, I mean, here's what I have to really clarify. My scene wasn't that cool. I was on the red carpet. I was like the hired help. And then what's ironic is I got sober and then suddenly I got cool. Then I was invited inside. Um, And a lot of that is because, you know, recovery in LA, I remember showing up at these meetings and being like, wait, these people are funny and smart and attractive and sometimes famous. And these people could be anywhere they want to be. And they're at this meeting. So, so it's kind of funny. I just do feel like before sobriety, I was always trying to claw my way in, in this sort of sad way. And then I stopped caring. And then it was sort of like, Hey, come in, the door's open, you know? Yeah. I actually wonder that like in like, recovery in LA, you know, especially like in Dickie Roberts, you know, David Spade was like bringing his headshots to like AA meetings, like AA meetings in LA. Like, do you think some people actually go to those meetings to meet with celebrities and kind of network and help out their career? I once saw something so ridiculous. 99.9% of the time people are so respectful and it's just like anywhere in LA you're supposed to act like you don't know who the person is you know um I, you know I have seen some of the biggest celebrities be so cool in meetings you know sort of going up and talking to the homeless crazy people that no one else talks to one time I saw uh, a very big musician was the speaker and somebody came in. I'd never seen, I've been sober 21 years. I'd never seen anything like this. And she had like records and, and was like, Hey, can you sign this? And he just was super cool, but he's like, I won't do that here. Sorry, honey. Yeah. That's um, a, holy shit. That's like, yeah. And you're like, no, I, yeah. I gotta be a normal human in here. Just like everyone else are on the same lane, same level. But there there was a terrible thing with my first year of sobriety, somebody tape recorded um, two celebrities speaking and sold it to the tabloids. And, Ooh, and it was the si- same guy. Yeah. We all knew who it was. It was really gross. Did that video come out? Someone- it was an audio. Yeah. Someone published yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Who was the person? Well, now I'm like, it, now it's been forgotten. So then I'd be sort of like re-breaking their no, because no, no, I mean, if it was published, it's out there. So I'm just curious, uh, just for story purposes. Um, I I think it was Anthony Hopkins. Gotcha. That's so he's a nice sad, guy though. too. Like, that's the one so place nice. you could feel safe because you're you're really exposed in a situation like that. You're trying to be honest and vulnerable. Uh wow, 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 wow. I because I know that there's like being in the entertainment industry and I looked through a lot of paparazzi photos. I remember often photos would get submitted in of outside a recovery home or outside okay. of a meeting. And those were always off limits. It was like, no, you there, you will never publish a photo of someone walking into a meeting because they're there to better themselves, to get help. And so it was like too much but of a vulnerable spot. I can't imagine someone publishing that audio. How did you know it was? In, so I had an experience one time where I started seeing a celebrity and then they walked into a rear door and I was like, what? And then I realized it was that. And then I saw another celebrity, same thing, going to a church. 
And I was like, whoa, that was kind of weird. Uh, like I realized it after. But yeah. for Jax, who was a person who your job was to purchase photos, how did you know they were going oh, to no, a lot of the time? I, a lot of time they would be listed as that. Oh, so really? So attending an AA meeting. Gotcha. And you're like, okay, well, no, not buying those photos. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. got to move on from that. So did you have a friendship with Matthew Perry because of your guys' past experience or recovering together or anything like that? I wouldn't call it a friendship, but like, I, I, you know, there, there, it actually is funny because, you know, when you're in that community, right? Just like any community where a lot of people, like sort of like college or something, you're just a bunch of people all meeting each other and you sort of see each other all the time and some people you know and some people you don't know. And then I remember one night, back when I, back then there was this club Lay Do. Do you remember Lay Do? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So that Monday nights at Lay Do was just the thing. And um and I remember being there and I'm with my friend and suddenly Matthew comes up to me and he's like, Hey, blah, blah, blah. And I'll chat me up. And my friend's like, I didn't know you knew Matthew Perry. And I go, I didn't either. Because it's that thing where you're seeing someone all the time. And you know, for whatever reason, that was the time he chose to acknowledge that that you know we knew each other but um but no friend no but um but he's you know was always very nice no it's very cool very cool well listen congratulations on the book very exciting wait Dak- is there is there any potential of this thing being made into a movie yes no yes yes i mean right now <laughs> Like I said, it's been optioned over and over again. It was it was initially optioned for Lindsay Lohan to star in. Oh, we didn't even get back to Lindsay Lohan, so that is that. Oh your, yeah, yeah. Look, look, that look, look. Getting back. That's to my it. full circle moment. It wasn't intentional, but I will say this is what happens. The book came out right when she was acting crazy. Paris Hilton was out there, and Britney was in her like tailspin, and so I suddenly was being asked to go on CNN and talk about the party girl phenomenon. And it was hilarious because that really became my beat. I probably went on, you know, 30 shows talking about the party girl phenomenon. It was amazing publicity for my book, but, um, but, but at no other time has there been this, you know, party girl phenomenon. It feels like such a simpler time. You know what though? People are still obsessed with 2007. Yeah. To this day, I I think that is the one year that everyone still talks about because of that trifecta with Brittany, Lindsay and Paris. Like I've never had to talk about a year so much in my entire entertainment career as 2007. Fascinating. That is so interesting. I I did a, a big interview with like the New York Times like a little bit ago and it was about. Britney in 2007. Too. I did the ringer. Yeah. I, people are so obsessed with it. Yeah. yeah now it's pan- back then party girls now pandemics. I mean, bring me back to 2007. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wish you much luck with your book. I'm excited for you. I, I hope that this gets the revamp it deserves. I hope that it lands in movie theaters one day so that everyone can watch it for all those people that are lame and don't want to read. So uh, it's on audio. You know, if you're someone listening to this podcast, you could go get the audiobook. <laughs> well, thank you for joining thank us. You. And where can people find? Are you on social media or, you know, where can people find you and follow you? 
Yeah, I'm on all the platforms at Anna B. David. And then and then for information about the book, partygirlrelaunch.com is cool. the website. Oh. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. This was super fun. Dude, I, I mean, I find those stories interesting. Those, I always, are, those are the most interesting I, stories. Again, because these are people – we consider them colleagues because we kind of worked in the same field. And we're always, I'm always curious about people who worked in our fields also experiences, you know, mm-hmm. like who was cool, who wasn't, how was your red carpet experience? And, you know, it's one of those things we spoke about today that something we, we, I never really talk about. And we kind of talked about in the beginning was how really shitty the red carpets are. You know, they yeah. put the biggest media at the beginning and how everyone's all seems nice in the beginning. And then it gets down and they just basically get skipped. They just and walk it just, right past. It's not even worth going. It's honestly, you're doing more of a favor for the red carpet and the company trying to make them seem like it's a bigger deal, but they don't do anything back for you. So you get dressed up and it, it really does not too much for you. No, I, you know what I, I like is we sometimes we'll focus on like who's a shitty star, but I liked hearing these people that go out of their way and, yeah. Get a good experience. Majority of them are good people. Yeah, I mean, majority of them are majority but, of celebrities are good people. But you know what else I liked? I like the Kate Hudson story. Yes, because that is pure Hollywood right there. In regards to, I'm going to wine and dine and make this interviewer feel like my best friend because then I'm going to have an amazing article come out about me. Like that's not that wasn't by accident. Yeah. That people do this all the time. They're huge stars and they're like. If I make this person feel really good, they're going to write the best possible article about me, but I don't really care about them. Yeah. Listen, I have that internal struggle all the time. You know, there's some celebrities that are very nice to me and I'm like, are they being nice to me because they actually really like me or are they trying to be nice because I'm in the media and it's, you know, I fall for it. I don't give a shit. You know, the amount of celebs that like I thought I was friends with genuine, like I thought I was friends with. And then when I left TMZ, they didn't answer my call anymore. And I'm like, the fuck? I we hung out like yeah. we would go to dinner together. We would do this together. We would go to a club together. And now you just don't answer my phone. Like you realize how many fake relationships you sure. have with people based on your job. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's it's insane. Yeah, no, uh, I, I never had that issue because, uh, you know, I would say I'm a big deal. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but it's fine. But uh again we got a video component of this podcast it's on youtube you can follow us on tiktok facebook instagram twitter we're on all social media channels you could go to the hollywoodraw.com we have merch we have news uh we have celebrity stories on there it's a really cool website to uh keep uh you know keep tabs on keep everything, tabs on everything you and know? by the way and, go go watch the youtube video because it's the first time adam and i can be together it's so fun yeah it's we're interesting. Here. It's, it's, it's it's unusual we got this fun little backdrop i mean what are you kind of look professional we kind of look like we're in the game right now yes it's uh, we had to come to omaha to be professional so uh (laughs) it's uh but it's very cool but we're going to start doing this more often we're going to be going to different coasts from new york to la to back to nebraska uh but we got some very cool people coming up on the podcast you can find me at at adam glenn g-l-y-n you can find this guy dax holt at d-a-x-h-o-l-t we'll see you guys next time a huda media production